You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Welcome. Good morning. <sighs> All right, so before we get started, I have to ask, was anybody doing their homework from last week? Put the demand on Jesus. Where are you in the room? Yeah? Good. Anybody trying that? Anybody trying any level of success in that? For those of you who weren't here, um, too bad. <laughs> no, if you weren't here, go listen to the podcast from last week. Um, uh, really just wanted to, and this is kind of a part B to that, if you would. That's why I'm prefacing this morning with what I talked about last week. Um, really putting... Uh, Putting it on Jesus to, and asking him, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? He says he's always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us, right? So I've learned to just, I'm learning to put a demand on him and just say, where are you in the room? Especially when I'm in need. Say, where are you in the room? And I f- wait till I find him. I wait till I find him and what he's doing and what he's saying. How many here know you need to hear what Jesus is saying? Yeah. Right? Because he doesn't lie. <laughs> Satan lies and our head lies. And so I need to be aware of where he is and what's going on. That's, that's the main reason why I do that. Um, so let me see. How many again did the homework? Good. Okay. How many are going to give it a shot? Good. 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 Give it a shot. Just start asking where he is. At any given moment, you can do that. Driving down the road. I did it last night, driving down the road. I went over to Andy's house for a few hours. I was hanging out there with some of the guys watching football. And on the way over, I decided I'm going to just right there. The short 10-minute drive, I'm going to, where are you, Jesus, in the car? And he was sitting in the passenger seat with me, turned, looking right at me. He was just so intent on what I was doing, and all I was doing was driving. But it felt so good. It felt so good to know that he's sitting right there, and he cares about every little thing. He cares, you know, how fast I'm driving, if I use my blinker. Not like as in, you know, a driving instructor, but just he cares about everything that I'm doing. So, so give it a shot. All right. I want to talk this morning, um, I'm going to use two passages of scripture here, but I was reading through the Passion Translation. How many of you have not gotten this yet? And I'm asking because you're going to get this, right? Um, highly, highly, highly recommend this. Uh, Brian Simmons was here a couple of years ago. He's the one that's translating this into the Passion Translation, and I just highly, I can't say enough about it. It's just absolutely fantastic the way he is taking scripture, he's taking the Aramaic instead of the Greek. And he does a little comparison with them, but he's breaking it down and really bringing it in a whole new, whole new light. Um, can I just say this? I know that some people sometimes have a hard time with different translations, and you want the pure translation. Let me tell you, there is no pure translation out there. There is, there is no pure translation. And I highly recommend that you read multiple translations all the time, because here's the reality. If you're reading one translation, you're reading one person's theology. Because whoever translates it has a theology behind it. So read multiple translations. You need to do that. And then just trust Holy Spirit. Can you do that? That's a good amen right there. I want to talk about um, what Paul talks about. I'm going to take you to Philippians 4 here in a moment when he talks about, I've learned to live in lack and I've learned to live in abundance. And everybody's familiar with that passage, right? It leads to the, I can do all things through Christ. And some people don't know. We apply that passage to Scripture to everything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, it's absolutely true, and you can do that, and that's fair. It's legal to do that. But he's really talking about living a life where he finds himself in complete lack, and then he finds himself in complete abundance at, every time, at any given time. But he says, in all things, 
I've learned that I can do all things through Christ. And I was reading it in the Passion Translation this week, and it really, it just jumped out at me like it could leap off the page. And just reading it in a whole new light, and it really got me to thinking about where I am in my own personal life, about putting the demand on Jesus, asking him where he is at any given moment, finding him, hearing him, and watching it change who I am. And I think that's really good. But I also discovered that a lot of times I will do that only when I'm in need. That I don't really care where he is when I don't need. But when I'm in need, I care where he is. You guys tracking with me, right? And I'm really feeling this thing of what Paul was talking about, of him learning to live in abundance both in lack, or learning to live and doing all things and being strengthened in lack and in abundance. And I started really praying and meditating on that. And it w I was reminded of something I heard Bill Johnson say years ago. I don't know, it was probably eight or nine years ago. I heard him talking about building a history with God. And I remembered back to that. And, and he was talking about it's the ongoing encounters and presence with God that we live in that, that out of that we build a history with him. And I started to really ponder that based on the scripture I read, and it was like, man, God, I don't know if I do that. If I was being really honest, I don't know that if I, if I do that. If I do it, I don't really do it that well. And as I was meditating on that, I could hear Holy Spirit speak to me, and he was just simply saying, Andrew, did you know you will be strengthened so much more if you will celebrate me and be with me, even in the good times? There's so much more. And he told me this. He goes, it will actually set you up better for your future whenever things go wrong. How many of you know things are going to go wrong, right? right? It's part of living in the world. You will have tribulation, Jesus says. We're going to have problems. We're going to have challenges. But I don't know about you, but it made me look back and go, I don't know that I'm, I should be learning. Every time I hit a challenge, every time I hit a place of lack, whether it be financial, emotional, um, spiritual, whatever it is, wherever I find myself in a place of lack, I should be growing stronger and stronger so that when I hit the same type of problem, I don't find myself in the same place. Are you, are you guys with me? We're being transformed from glory to glory. There's something about growing even when things get bad so that when things get bad, I don't, they don't look the same to me as they did the last time I came across that same situation. I should have something that strengthens me. And I was taken to this passage here in Proverbs 27. This is the first of what I'm going to give you. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 21. It says this, Fire is the way to test the purity of silver and gold. But the character of a man is tested by giving him a measure of fame. Fire is the way to test the purity of silver and gold, but the character of a man is tested by giving him a measure of fame. Isn't it something? We like those stories that we hear on television all the time of when things go really bad. You know, the hurricane comes through and people have it really bad and they have the tenacity and they make it through. And we love those stories and we see them all the time, but really the character of a man is tested when fame comes. I started thinking about it going, man, my character then ultimately is tested when things are really good. Wow, wow. That my character is going to be tested in that. Now that sounds a little bit upside down, doesn't it? Because when things are really good, people don't have to dig. They don't have to really find strength. They don't have to find it. But it really, according to that, it shows what do we really pursue when we have what we need. If, I'm, if I have fame and accolades and everything coming to me, or if I have abundance, am I still running back to him? 
am I still living with a dependence on him? I heard someone say, it was last year, I heard it was an older lady, a very sweet older lady, was, sitting, was talking about how she has naturally the gift of hospitality. It's just, it's in her. She was born with this, she loves to host people. And she had to get up and speak at a small little function, and she was so nervous. She said, God, I really need you. I really need you in this right there. And so she prayed, God shows up, really helps her through that little thing she had to speak through. And after she got done, she thanked God. And she goes, God, thank you so much. The hospitality, I think, I get that. But man, when I have to do things like that, I really need you. And she heard Holy Spirit speak to her and say, you know that hospitality thing that you get so well? That's me too. You guys catch where I'm going with this. Because it's real easy for us to lean on our own ability, our own talent, our own gifting when things are going really well and just live with that. I think I mentioned last week that, um, I did, I mentioned last week when I was talking about finding Jesus that uh, this last Wednesday I went in to do the FCA at Milwee Middle School and they asked me to speak and I had said to you on Sunday, I want to get full and have an encounter before I go in there and minister. And I was thinking like that because I know myself and my own ability. I could roll out of bed, walk into that building, and give something that those kids are going to love. I can do that. I have enough gifting and talent and enough know-how and enough experience to do that. But I walked into that building with a completely different attitude. I walked in with an attitude of, God, I can do this, but I really need you here. I can't look at this like I can do this on my own. And as I was speaking it, I could feel the strength coming out in it. Because I know that I wasn't doing something on my own out of my own ability. I knew that I had a partner with me that I was keenly aware of and in need. I hope this is making sense this morning. And so when it came out, it was completely different. I had one of the teachers come up to me afterwards and said, God sent you to us. Wow. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I actually brought him in the room with me. And that's really what the deal was right there. You know, I brought, brought him in the room with me. But it started me thinking about when I am experiencing levels of success. When people say things like that to me, man, God, you're, God sent you to us. It's real easy to look at that and be like, oh, wow. But that's really where the character is tested. The character is tested in that moment when I'm going to run back and say, Jesus, I still need you right now. Because I need to learn what it means to have him in the abundance and still need him. Is this making sense at all? Because there is a need even in abundance. How many of you have ever gotten a financial blessing that really like bailed you out of a hole and all of a sudden everything inside of you just felt so good. You just like the future was bright. It was so much better. I'm not going to die. Somebody's not going to take my house. They're not going to take my car. They're going to, you know, all of a sudden our whole perspective on life shifts because everything that we had worried about had been taken care of and it's answered, but it's in that moment right there that we need to go, God, I still need you. I still need you right now, even in this moment, because I need to learn what it's like the next time I get in this situation. I need to know what you are like in abundance as much as I know what you're like in lack. That's where the training happens. And I believe there's a training for all of us in this. And I titled this this morning, Trained in the Secret of Overcoming. Because overcoming is not something you do when you're in need and then you overcome. Overcoming should be happening when you have everything you need. You're still overcoming. Not because you have everything you need, but because you recognize there's a dependence on the one who has overcome. Even if I have all the proper tools. Even if I have everything that I need. I'm going to read that again. Fire is the way to test the purity of silver and gold. But the character of a man 
is tested in giving him a measure of fame. It's not hard to go to Jesus when we're in trouble. It takes real devotion. Everybody say the word devotion. Devotion Devotion to go to him when we are successful. The one of running to him when we're in need is instinctual. The other one is learned by developing a history. I don't want to look at him like a vending machine. I don't want to look at him like some kind of one-armed bandit, (laughs) you know, pull the lever and see what comes out. Am I going to get good stuff? Am I going to win? I don't want to look at him like that. I want to see him as the absolute, absolute necessity for the, my breath, for breathing, the, the reason why my heart is beating, even when I feel really good. You know, if I'm sick, I can say that I need him, but when I'm feeling really good, do I say that I still need him? Because the reality is I do. He's making me breathe. He's making my heart beat. And there's something about it, and I don't know if this is making sense completely. I'm still trying to discover this. I just think there's something in that arena of leaning into him when you have everything that's going to build something inside of us so that when we get to the other side of it and we need again, we've got so much more to hold on to. To the measure I know how to pursue the Lord and its success, I will be given more success. Hello? That's biblical. To the measure that I know how to pursue the Lord in success, I will be given more success. How many want more success? That's a biblical economic structure. It's a kingdom economic structure. Because the word says, to him who has, more will be given. To him who thinks he has, when he doesn't really have it, what he has gets taken away from him. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? That doesn't fit our social justice idea of around, around the world today. It doesn't fit it. It's the, to him who has, more will be given. It's in that moment of going, yeah, I'm full, I'm abundant. My, my bank account is full. My cupboards are full. My kids are doing well. My cars are running. My house isn't breaking all over the place. My friends are happy. We're having a good time. There's no strife going on. In that moment of really going, okay, God, I really need you right now too because I want to know what you look like in this part too. When breakthrough drives us into his presence, I can be trusted with more. When breakthrough drives us into his... How many like breakthrough? Yeah, breakthrough's a good thing. But when that breakthrough drives us into his presence, I believe he can trust us with more. And I don't mean that just in a financial way. Of course, it would apply to that. Let me, let me put that into those practical terms of giving for a moment. If more money starts coming in, do we increase our standard of living or do we increase our standard of giving? Because if we trusted him and he supplied, then in that supply, we shouldn't just sit there. We should go, man, I need to trust you some more. And then we move to another level. That's just one example of it. It just makes sense in the financial because it's something that we all deal with. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. I want to read this passage to you. How many people do I have in the room this morning? Good. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to read 10 through 13. And again, I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. It says this, My heart overflows with joy when I think of how you showed your love to me by your financial support of my ministry. For even though you have so little, you still continue to help me out at every opportunity. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to be in lack, And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Come on, doesn't that just sound good? 
the way he put that, I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. That tells me something. There's a secret to this thing. It's not just something that can be grasped by the intellect. Whenever Paul talks about secret, he talks about mystery. He talks about it a lot. Look in the book of Ephesians. He talks about it an awful lot. He talks about mystery. He talks about the word mystery in Greek is mysterion. Everybody say it because it's fun. Mysterion. That's just fun to say. You can go home and tell your friends that. I got a new word, mysterion. It's just fun to say. Mysterion. But the word mysterion in Greek doesn't mean just mystery as in you can't understand it. The word literally means things that are hidden but be, are being brought into the light. They're things that are hidden, but they're being brought into the light. So there's an expectancy and an anticipation of something that I don't understand and I don't get, but it's coming to me. And when he says, I'm trained in the secret, well, if you're trained in something, that means you're continually exposed to it over and over again, right? If you're training to run, Andrew Purdy, is he in here? He's not in here today. He runs. He runs all the time. He runs everywhere. He doesn't just sign up for a race, though, show up and decide he's going to run that race. He's training himself the entire time so that when he gets to the point of the race, he knows he has everything he needs, right? He doesn't wake up one morning on a training day. Well, I haven't asked him this, but I'm pretty sure this would be true, that he doesn't wake up on a regimented or a scheduled training day and go, man, I feel really good today. I don't need to run. Why does he run? He runs when he feels good because he knows he's going to need it. He's training. He's being prepared for something that he's going to need. Now, I've heard this from runners. I'm not a runner. I run to the dinner table. <laughs> That's about as far as I'll run. I'll run if somebody's chasing me. But I'm not a runner. I just, I'm not, just don't like that. I don't know. It's not my thing. I don't know. But I know this about runners when you hear, when I hear them talk about it, that they reach a point in their training and in their running that even though it's difficult, they hit a point where endorphins kick in and all of a sudden they find something there. They find an extra strength. They find something that they need that moves them. You, you, right? You familiar with this? I don't know. I think it's something like that. When Paul's talking about this and he says, for I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, that he runs even when he doesn't need to. He he pursues God even when he doesn't need to because he knows that there's something he's going to discover that's going to take him past seeing life with ups and downs. Does this make sense? I've just learned to be content in absolutely everything. It doesn't matter if I don't have lack or if I have abundance, if everything's going well or if things are bad. I've just learned that it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't change my internals. Oh, come on. That's a good word. What would it look like if we were the kind of people that live like that to where our externals had no effect on our internals? That we were even Stephen. And even Stephen in the kingdom is people full of joy. It's full of joy. It's full of passion. It's full of love. That's even Stephen in the kingdom. It's not like the earth where it's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm average. No, in the kingdom, it's like, yeah, man, I'm like crazy kind of happy right now. Everything I see is joyous and full. Wouldn't that be awesome? I just think there's a profound lesson in what he's saying there. It goes on to say this, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. In my mind, I'm picturing it like this. I hope you guys are tracking with me because I'm still putting this together. In my mind, I'm seeing it like this. That explosive power it works like this, that I overcome in every difficulty, that I get to the point with him that my experience in him is so strong, even in the abundance, that when the difficulty comes, I don't even know it's there. 
I mean, it's there. It's not like I'm stupid and I'm checked out and I can't see. I'm like ignorant. It's not like that. It's like I see it, but I see it appropriately. I see it for what it is, and it's like, that's eh, nothing. <laughs> when I used to really wig me out, it used to freak me out, but I look at it now and go, oh my gosh, I know something I didn't know before. Come on, hold your hands out for a minute. I can just feel that, feel something on that. Just ask Holy Spirit, show me something I didn't know before. Show me something about your dynamic, explosive power, Holy Spirit, that I didn't know before. God, give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Amen? Just a little exercise there. I just need to activate you every now and then. Mm. <laughs> it's almost like there's a, an alignment that happens. when I'm in blessing. When we're in need, we're aligned. God, you are the source of life. But when we're in abundance, it's easy to drift and just be over here. But in abundance, when we learn to discipline ourselves towards that and say, I still have this desperate need, I'm looking at it, for me personally, I'm looking at it going, there are things at 50 years old now I have not learned, but I should know by now. And it's not because you're hiding. It's not because you're keeping them from me. It's because I'm not leaning into you when I have everything that I need. Any daydreamers in here? Yep. Yep. That's my girl. Any daydreamers in here? You like to daydream. It's not a bad thing, guys. It really isn't a bad thing. Daydreaming is a, when it's sanctified, it's not a bad thing. I just, I know that whenever I'm in a place of like things are really well, I daydream an awful lot. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I really think that's a God gift because what he's doing is he's prompting me to investigate things that are in that mystery that I fully don't know yet. The challenge is, is when I start daydreaming about things that aren't really kingdom. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm reading this and I'm just meditating on it. And I'm going, man, God, you've, des you've designed me. I don't need to beat myself up because I feel good when there's abundance. Please, that's not what I'm saying. Does everybody hear me say that? Don't beat yourself up when there's abundance. I'm saying take that passion, take that, that euphoric feeling of things are going really well and turn them into daydreaming with God saying, what else do you want to show me? What else do you want to show me in this? There's so many things that I can learn inside of this that strengthen me. And in that, what I'm doing is I'm building my history. I'm building my history with God because the word says, Hebrews tells me that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever and that he never changes, Right? So if we've got a God that never changes and he's inside of me and I'm connected to him and I'm always leaning into him, that means at some point, no matter what happens in my life, like Paul is saying here, I'm never going to change. Whether in lack or whether in abundance, I'm always going to be the same person here. Full of faith, full of passion, full of hope. I'm finding benefits to coming to him even in the blessing and in the fullness. Here's what I'm discovering. It helps me to think correctly. When I think correctly, I don't need to be careful with what I say because life, encouragement will nat life and encouragement will naturally flow out of my mouth. Come on, does this help? I'll say that again. It helps me to think correctly. When I think correctly, I don't need to be careful with what I say because life and encouragement will naturally flow out of my mouth. The antithesis of that. If you find yourself, if I find myself in a position where I need to be very careful with what I say right now, that means I'm not living in the history that I've built with God. It's making sense. I'm not, I'm not drawing on that. 
I find myself in a place of deficit with no strength, and all of a sudden stuff starts coming out of my mouth that doesn't need to come out of my mouth. But when I'm living in that constant, then when I feel that, then I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it. It's where my mind is set. What I dwell on will be reproduced out of my mouth. Hello? Out of the abundance of the heart, right? The mouth speaks. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. What are we filled with, though? Personal history is built by meeting with God all the time, not just when I'm in need. When I don't meet with God in blessing, I will run to man in trouble. Hello? Think about this for a moment. If I don't meet with God in the blessing and learn what it's like to encounter him there, I'm going to run to man in my time of need. Now, friends are great. They're good to have around you, but they don't always have the source. It's, it's God's carrying the source of all of it, right? And only God carries the source that changes us from the inside out. The renewed mind, the transformed life. Hello? It may solve the problem in the moment, but I don't learn to hear the voice of the Lord directly from Him. I, in recent weeks, I, I, every night when I'm going to bed, I got this from Dave Jackson. What do you call it? Power or something? supercharge time supercharge when he's going to bed he puts on something where he's listening to it he's meditating he's soaking i started doing that it just sounded so good i said i'm going to start doing that he owns it i just borrow it i'm putting on worship music of some kind some kind of instrumental something because i want my i want to go to sleep with my mind set on god that way when i dream i dream god things And I love it. I had a good dream the other day. I need to ask you about it, Joe. I, it's, it's a great dream. Vivid dream. Brilliant colors. I mean, the emotion. I could feel the emotion in the dream, too. It was just a passion. Really wonderful, awesome dream. But I know those things are coming because of what I'm filling myself with, what I'm going to bed with. I even, even during the day, if I find myself working at the house or doing something, I'll, I'll turn on something. Something edifying. I'll put it on so that it's in my pocket. I'll turn my phone on, just stick it in my pocket, and I'll walk around so I have this thing constantly saturating. Have you guys ever tried that? It's really, it really is a wonderful thing. I'm taking it all where, everywhere I go. It's just constantly. If I'm alone, I've got that thing going. And I'm finding that it's feeding me on the inside, but beyond that, it's giving me a desire to start engaging with God even more. I hope this is really simple. I'm not trying to make this super weird. And I'm just, it's, just, it's creating a desire in me to go to him more. I used to run to listening to a podcast or something like that, and those are fine. Everybody hear me. Listening to those things are wonderful. We need those things. But I'm starting to discover something in this. Well, maybe I'll, I'll use this. Babies get nourishment from their mother when they're young through nursing. And that's right. And that's healthy. But a healthy parent will move their child from feeding them to teaching them how to feed themselves. Hello? It's really awkward when you got a 12-year-old. <laughs> I'll stop right there. But here's something else I realized with that. Even the baby is eating something that the mother digested. instead of grabbing something from the source and learning how to digest it themselves. Is this make, making sense? I know the analogy breaks down at some point, but just stay with me on this. What I'm discovering is I need, 
I need to be hearing from him so clearly, even in the times of the abundance, because there's a facet of who he is that I won't get if I'm just trying to go and get information from other people. That I need to be able to get something and digest it myself. And, and that's why I'm so happy about this new Passion Translation. I'm finding myself reading the Bible over again and have a renewed passion to read it, just to read it. P- pick it up. Read the book of Ephesians. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's, it comes alive. Re- Galatians, my gosh, it'll set you free. Things you thought you knew before, you're reading it with a whole new understanding. It's like, I'm reading this stuff and I'm going, oh my gosh, what I'm discovering in it though, it's not because of the Bible itself. That's a tool, that's helpful. You please understand me. But what I'm discovering is I'm, I'm building on this passion inside of me that I'm going, man, I need that. I need something here. I need to chew on something. I need something to eat. So I'll pick this thing up and I'll just read through it. Read the Psalms, read the Proverbs. Doesn't matter, pick up anything, just start chewing on it. And I'm starting to discover, oh, I'm digesting something that I'm getting straight from the source. This is so good. That's where this is coming from. I have never, never thought before until I picked this up and saw that where it said, I'm trained in the secret of overcoming. That just sounded really good to me. How many want to be, how many want to be overcomers? Yeah. Right? We talk about it in church, but we don't talk about how you're trained in the secret of overcoming. I just think there's something in this. I think there's something in this for all of us. Mm. There's an anchor, I believe, in the soul that Paul was talking about here when he says that I'm trained in the secret of overcoming, whether in fullness or in hunger. I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every situation. I like that. I think there's something hidden in that because if it's infused inside of you, it's there. It's not just there when you need it and lack. It's there all the time. A lasting victory is only attained when you have a reference point with God. Lasting victory. How many want lasting victory? How many have found victory in something before only to see it wane and you feel yourself going back into something? I, I think that, that last, if we want lasting victory, it's only going to be sustained by at the victory point leaning in even more and saying, I need more. I need you just as much now as I did just then. Then, it find, then we get something that we didn't have before that sustains us through it so that we're not going back and forth. Like James says, the double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways, looks in a mirror, walks away, and forgets what he looks like. I know we've never done that, but it's okay. You've, you've heard me talking here before about passages of Scripture that I own. Like Romans 6, 7, and 8 is mine. You can borrow it whenever you want. It's totally cool, but those are mine. Those are mine. What do I mean by that? I discovered something in those particular passages of Scripture that I found in a place of victory that took me to a whole nother, whole nother understanding in God. It took me, it, I came out of a place of bondage into a place of freedom, had a ravenous desire to find out more about what God was talking about. I came across Romans 6, 7, and 8, and they're now mine. You hear where I'm going with this? I discovered them in a place of victory, not in a place of need. So they're mine. That's my history with God. I can hold on to those things. Those are things that I hold on to even when things get bad. I can hold on to that stuff and go, wait a minute, I know this is a settled issue here. I don't need to go back and question that anymore. Those passages are mine. Anybody can borrow them whenever you want. I have others, but, but it's that kind of history with God that's going to bring a lasting victory. I'm discovering places of victory in my own life, just personal victory in places where I used to 
get depressed, um, be beat myself up, um, second-guess myself. Nobody else does this, right? <laughs> right. I'm discovering that when I find victory in one area and I hold on to that, then when I get to these areas, I just recently came across one again, but I found myself, my entire thinking process had shifted. It was completely different. I found a strength in it. I found the ability to really look at something for what it is and not take it on and own it. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah. Where like, all right, I'm just going to keep it real. All right. If I discovered recently that I have felt this unhealthy need to enter into somebody else's emotion when they are feeling an emotion. That if they're feeling that emotion, I have to feel that emotion. If I can't feel that emotion, something's wrong with me. I know nobody else does this. This is just for me, I know. I'm starting to discover that somebody can have any, anyone can have any kind of emotion that they want, and I can sit there in confidence and be like, yeah, I can sympathize, I can empathize with you and feel that, but I am not entering into that right now. Not because the emotion's bad, it's because it's not where I am. Then I'm not true to who I am. Hello. I'm discovering now that when, my, when those things happen, my tendency to go back into that is, is a little bit easier to work through it. Because I've had some victory, and I'm looking at the victory and going, God, I'm holding on to this even in the victory. And so now when that thing comes back around again, I'm going, oh, yeah, okay, I know what this is. I know what this is. I am not required to go back there. I love that. When I came clean of all my junk years ago, and, and it's a miracle I'm here, um, I remember before having the encounter with God and the victory, I used to see and read the Bible with the eyes and the lens of, you're not supposed to do that. You guys know what I'm talking about? You, read, you have that lens on, you put those glasses on, you read the Bible, and everything you read is like, oh God, I feel like a piece of crap. Oh man, that's not, oh, I'm not like that. I'm not that good. I can't do that. But I started to, with that encounter with God, started to see it different, and I would put different lenses on, that would really show me who I am, who God is, and I would look at it, and my language began to change. And when thoughts would come into my mind about the old way I used to live, I would look at it, and instead of going, oh, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that, I started looking at it like, I am not required to live like that. You see the difference? One of them has fear motivating you, and the other one has life motivating you. I'm not required to live like that. I don't need to give up where I am. I don't need to give up this confidence, this solid place of living in God where I am. I don't need to give that up, and I'm not required to give that up. I'm hoping this is helping this morning. Just a little bit. To it's in the encounter with him, both in the need and the blessing, that the anchors to my soul that lead me to overcoming cause me to be victorious. Shall I say that again? It's the encounter with him, both in the need and in the blessing, that anchors my soul to the overcomer and causes me to be victorious. I'm going to say it again. It's the encounter with him, both in the need and in the blessing, that anchors my soul to the overcomer and causes me to be victorious. When it's strong on the inside, I'm strong on the outside. Simply put. When I'm strong on the inside, then I will be strong on the outside. And it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what comes at me. 
Paul will say, I've learned to live in lack, and I've learned to live in abundance, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's just, I've, I can do anything. I found the secret. I found the secret to overcoming. I'm talking about, listen, what does it practically look like, church? I'm talking about changing atmospheres and cultures wherever you go because you're not shifted by them. You're not moved by them. It doesn't matter where you go. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this in here before. I mean, what's, what would it look like to have a church, a body of Christ, that could walk into the most demonic atmosphere and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. Because there's no fear. You're not worried about something rubbing off on you. You walk in there with this absolute confidence of, wait a minute, what I have on the inside is so much stronger than what's going on on the outside that it demands that what is on the outside changes. When I walk in the room, come on, are you with me? That's a good word, Andrew. Who wants that kind of confidence? Who wants that kind of internal? Here's what it is. You have an internal thermostat. There's a difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. A thermometer can tell you what the temperature is. A thermostat can change the temperature. You walk into a room, and the thermostat is so strong on the inside that when you walk in, it demands that everything changes. You can't help it. And it's not a striving thing. It's not a, oh, I'm going to do this. It's not that at all. It's just the internal confidence that's settled in who you are that when you walk in the room, it demands that it changes. I recognized it last night going over to Andy's house. It's not because I'm so great or so powerful or so awesome. I just know when I walked in the door in Andy's house last night, I could feel the temperature change. And there was nothing wrong with it, the temperature. I just felt my presence in a room changes that room. It changes it. Not because I'm so great and awesome and mighty and powerful. It's just who I am. And when I know who I am and I walk in that, I'm not, my mind is not capitulating to, what are they doing? What should I do? Oh, are they doing this? Oh, I need to say this. Is this what they're joking about? I'm going to joke about that. Are they acting like this? I'm going to do this. You guys, right? Please tell me I'm not crazy, right? Everybody else does something similar to that, right? What are they doing in here? Okay, I need to be like them. I need to be like them. I need to be, I need to, I got I just want to fit in. I want to be. Instead of recognizing, oh, wait, I've got something inside of me, and it's who I am, and I'm confident in who it is, and when I walk in the room, everything changes. <laughs> Let me end by maybe saying it this way. It's knowing where to go to get a drink even when you're full. It's knowing where to go to get a drink even when you're full when you're not thirsty you're still thirsty that's the things about the kingdom of god it's just it's that thing you eat and you just want more i don't want the things of the spirit to satisfy me in the natural to such an extent that my spiritual man shuts down and doesn't crave anymore i want to keep craving i want to keep craving even when i find it satisfying me in the natural i keep craving in the spirit there's something more. There's a secret to this thing. There's a secret to being an overcomer like Paul did. The guy was beat, nearly murdered multiple times, ridiculed. And we don't have to face stuff like that for the most part. I don't know anybody in this room that's had to face anything like that. My gosh. I mean, think about that for a moment. We don't face those kinds of things, and we still get, oh, woe is me. Really, bro, you ain't even. How much blood have you shed? I'm just saying, let's learn how to get a drink even when we're not thirsty. Everybody stand up with me here.
trained in the secret of overcoming. That just feels good to say. Paul making that declaration. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I got or what I don't got. I'm trained. I'm trained in the secret of overcoming. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, again, we do this sometimes. Just hold your hands out here. Just like you're going to receive something. Having Having an expectancy with God is crucial. Because those who expect, receive. Having the expectancy just to receive. God, I mean, if anything about this this morning is resonating with you and you're going, man, I want to live. I want to live like that where there's a secret. I haven't learned it yet, but there's a secret. It's a mystery, but I'm learning it. God, you're bringing it to live as an overcomer in everything. I live as an overcomer where my whole vision changes, my passion changes. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Do you trust him? you trust Jesus? Especially if you're in a place right now, everybody always has needs. We always have some kind of need. Some may be more demanding than others, but I'm just going to really encourage you. If you're in a place right now where you're feeling, man, I'm pretty confident, I'm pretty settled, I'm, I feel good. I mean, there's things, but I'm not worried, I'm not stressed out. I'm not desperate. If you're, if you're not in that place right now, if you're feeling okay, now's a really good time just to lean in just the same way you would when you were in need. Lean in the same way. Say, God, I need you right now. I need to know you. I need to know you as more than just provision because it's what you are, and I know that. I don't mean to make light of that, but I need to know you more than that. As a matter of fact, what would it look like to see the provider show up when you don't need provision? you might learn a little bit more about who the provider is. What would it look like to know the healer when you don't need healing? To learn something more about him that you just didn't know before because your need demanded so much from him that when you're actually feeling good and you feel pretty healthy that you say, God, I still want to know you as healer. Mm. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we just ultimately want to represent you well. Ultimately just want to represent you well. Put your hand on your heart. Put one on your head. Say, Lord, my heart and my head belong to you. Yes. You can do with this what you want. Yeah, all of a sudden that brave, the brave started speaking. You can do with this what you want. Yeah. Do you really trust him? You can do with this what you want. Church, I'm just going to say again, just to encourage you. Prayer teams, go ahead and make your way up here. Um, I'm going to encourage you to do this. Just keep doing this. Keep asking where Jesus is at any given moment. But do it when you're feeling wonderful. Do it when you're feeling awesome. Do it when you don't feel there's a need. And can we just kind of blow some religious stuff out of, out of the water here for a moment? If you are driving in your car and you are feeling awesome and you want to put the windows down and crank the radio up, do it. And still ask, where's Jesus? Where are you right in the middle of this? I'm having a great time, Jesus. You want to have fun with me? Come on. 
Can we just blow the religious stuff out? There's got to be some somber thing. I'm going to meet with Jesus right now. (laughs) I often wonder how many times when we do stuff like that, oh, Jesus, we're going to meet with you. And he's going, come on, lighten up, dude. I'm here. Let's talk. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy each other. It's what we're made for. If you need prayer from, for anything this morning, if you need healing in your body, if you are in this room, and I don't often do this, but I feel the need to do this. If you're in this room and you have not just said, I give up, I want Jesus, then now's a good time to do that. Amen. Now's a really good time to do that. Amen. You keep fighting all you want. You can kick against it all you want. It just ultimately, it's better when you just say, I give up, Jesus, I need you. And you want somebody to agree with you and pray with you, that Jesus will just invade your life and you'll encounter him. That's what these guys are here for. So, all right. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Why do we thank God? Because in Thanksgiving, things multiply. I see it, you see it in Scripture. Whenever Jesus gives thanks, things multiply. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've deposited in us. Thank you for what you've revealed to us. Thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. We thank you for it. Thank you for life. Thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray this thing spread. I pray this glorious gospel of who you are spread in all of our hearts and our minds. And we recognize how accessible you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Lord, bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.